Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wassalatu wassalamu ala sayidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to another program on Radio Islam International. Uh, this Saturday, the last Saturday of this year and also being the last program of this year. And for that we've chosen a topic that is I would say one of the most important that we need to be talking about and so that's the way we're going to be closing off this year with one of the most important topics. Each one of us has a role to play when it comes to the environment around us even when we are on holiday or on the summer break. Uh, we often find that when we travel we see these very interesting quotes uh, especially at important heritage sites or sites that are um, that are needing to be preserved and one of those is something that goes along the lines of leave behind your footprints in the sand not the litter uh, take with you only your memories that type of thing today we're looking at how you and I as individuals and as families can make a difference when we are on holiday in terms of the environment and the impact that we have on the environment. And to talk with us more about that on today's program, we have Brother Nazir Riaz Jamal, who has been with us on the program previously, talked to us about the environment and about climate change and uh, the climate crisis. Uh, just to tell you a bit about our guest, Brother Nazir Riaz Jamal is the director of Queza Environmental. He is the chairman of Penny Appeal and a registered environmental assessment practitioner. So we're talking to Nazir today all about that, all about the environment, the difference we can make and also talking about the environment in terms of this holiday period where many of us may be traveling or on staycation and what we can do for the year ahead. Brother Nazir, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Radio Islam and such a pleasure to have you joining us today. Wa alaikum salam Alhamdulillah, shukran for having me. I look forward to engaging. Thank you so much. Always such a pleasure to have you on this topic. Um, it's a, a topic many of us in our Muslim communities often neglect, and we want to close up our programming this year with this very important topic. Um, if, we, if we can begin by asking you this, knowing that we have many children listening in, many youth listening in, who at this time of the year spending more time with their families, the topic comes up as, what are you going to study? What do you want to do with your life? Uh, if we could ask you, um, you know, in inspiring inspiring us and our youth. Uh, how did you get involved in the environmental sector? It's not something we hear often about Muslim youth, sadly. What drew you to this field of work? I know both your parents, um, your late father, Allah Yerhamhum, your amazing mom, both of, you know, incredible people who've done so much for the communities in Durban and in South Africa. So having that legacy to build on. But what got you involved in the environmental sector? What drew you into this field? Tell us more, please. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I always tell the story um, that uh, I was probably around 13 or 14 years old uh, living in Durban. And uh, one of the days uh, traveling with my father, we used to go up early in the morning and go for a swim. And I uh, surfing, that kind of thing. And so I was in the ocean at that time and I came, you know, I was, I was enjoying myself and I feel something hit my leg, a fish or something that's gone. And I continued. And then uh, again, as I swam and I took a wave, I found another thing hit my leg. And I look, and I was young, you know, 12, 13 years old, tickets and a, a, a bottle floating in the water with me. And so I told my dad, I said, no, where is this coming from? I'm in the ocean. Is someone just throwing litter in the ocean? Tell me how 
you know, uh, we, we, we litter or, you know, uh, waste is, is thrown into our landfill sites and explain to me the entire process, throw something in the bin. And that's when my curiosity kicked in. I started researching. I started finding books. Going to the, At that time, libraries were a big thing, not the internet. Researching about environment, what's it all about. And as well as I have a very close attachment to animals, I at one point had uh, a stray, eight stray cats at one, one point in time, all together. Wow. Um, so <laughs> I, any cats would come past my house, I'd be taking them in. Some, would, I, some of them wouldn't even come near me, but I'd be feeding them and talking to them and so on. So I, I always had those two kind of, um, uh, uh, that interest as well as that passion for animals. And I thought, could I make this a career? I go to my dad and my family and my mom and I tell them and they said, well, no one's doing this. Allah, you know, do your research and if this is what Allah wants, then do, go for it. And then I, I went and studied at university. I was, there were only about four four people of, uh, uh, you know, I would say, um, of color in when I studied. Mm. This was 2003, 2004. So it wasn't mm. something definitely done. Muslims are only two of us. Oh, wow. I mm. 200. So it just showed mm. at that time it wasn't something common. People would not really uh, think it was a great, great career to go in. Allah, with his guidance and, and his blessings, I uh, was able to work in government for 11 years and now recently left and started my own private group. Mashallah. Pretty much in a nutshell, uh, uh, the 14 years. Wow, mashallah. Jazakumullah khair for sharing that with us. It, 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 I'm hoping that we have more Muslims, uh, males and females, into the field now, inshallah. But really, again, it just shows for the parents listening in how important it is for us to encourage our children um, to go forward into careers that Muslims may not be in um, and that we can be, you know, represent Muslims in these different fields, which I think is so important. One would think, you know, had your parents not encouraged you and had you not, you know, place at Tawakri in Allah, you may have been, you know, in another field of studies, but we need Muslims to be present, uh, you know, in, in all of yep. this. And perhaps towards the end later on, we could maybe touch on how it is for you, someone who is an animal lover, someone who is concerned about the environment, uh, as you see what's unfolding in Gaza and the impact that has on the environment or the many videos we see of cats that are so afraid of what's happening. Um, yeah, maybe we could touch on that towards mm. the end. Um, you know, at the time that this program is, it will be the December school holidays. A lot of families may take leave of parents in the early New Year as well. Uh, when it comes to holidays, how do we as tourists play a role in terms of leaving a better environment? Uh, break that down to us. It's very abstract. What do we do on a practical level, please? Yeah responsible tourism or eco-friendly tourism and you know there's, there's multiple ways many examples and tips we can give uh, for a tourist uh, yeah, you know um, holiday and so the, I mean the most important thing we look at is with regards to and, and this is the most important thing uh, to start off with is it's just firstly being present you know copy DM they say seize that moment being present mm. about your every move, your every decision. Um, you know, as Muslims, it's 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 our daily life. Consciousness is, you know, as taqwa, as Allah consciousness, thing we talk about when it comes to anything about our lives, even when it comes to human interactions, right? Uh, interacting people with outside of the religion uh, of different, how we are consciously considering the other person, considering our impact on someone, what our words may say, what our actions may feel. This is what a Muslim is, was constantly understanding what is my impact? And this is why we say from environmental view, what is my truly, it was in my impact. And, and the question is, well, I mean, this is, I could go on for two hours talking about this, about why, but I mean, the, the most important thing is that we don't want to leave 
that is negative on the environment. Just like we don't want to leave a footprint that is negative on someone that we meet, we want to show them the best how we look and how we talk. People, you know, this person is amazing. Same thing, you want the environment, which is an environment to us is everything that surrounds us. The air we breathe, the water we drink, clothes that we wear, the, the technology that we use, um, the, the materials that we survive on and, and the shelters, the aeroplanes that we travel with, all of this is uh, objects and part of the environment. And so how that impact that we may have should be left in a positive way, not in a particularly mm. we can look at this as, as the first thing is that one of the things I know that I do a lot, and, you know, unfortunately, we're traveling and so we on the road and now we're buying constantly, we're buying uh, drink bottles and those are plastic, which we then take and just throw it away. We don't consider this can be reused. Uh, it can uh, finding a way to be recycled. So that's the first thing I would say is I, if you can avoid single use plastics, that's the best idea. But if you can't, then at least then hopefully find a way of recycling it. And, and that is for me what I've done. I've done this a few times and I still do it as much as I can. Um, it's a challenge for this. So, uh, get three containers and start separating your waste. It's going to be a fun little exercise. Separate your waste. Uh, and then add plastics in one, keep your uh, glass in the other, keep paper in the other, and then uh, collect as much as you can. And once a, a week or once, or, uh, go out and go drop this off at a site that is able to recycle. And there's plenty of them in the city. If you just Google, you'll find many of them. No cost, just drop. There's about five or six bins. There's glass bins, there's uh, plastic bins, there's um, metal bins. Go and put them in. That's the first thing I would say uh, for these would be if you're traveling to accommodations, uh, I know cost factor is obviously an issue when it comes to the parents, mm -hmm. but if you can, then you know, find uh, hotels that have the energy saving uh, practices. Those of them will say we have an energy conservation, water saving initiatives, waste reduction, waste response. We'll show you that. Try and do that. And that will be supporting also the, our local businesses, right? Instead of traveling, when you travel, your carbon footprint. So this is a way that you can actually travel local. So you're reducing your, your, your environmental impact. And at the same time, if you can, go spend some time with me. That will be a great opportunity to appreciate Allah's blessings and ni'mah when we see different creatures. You know, yesterday I was on a site in Cato Ridge here, and I found a little, very furry kind of caterpillar. And I was talking to my specialist, and he's a, he's a, he's a zoologist, and so he was telling me how protected this little caterpillar is. I mean, if I didn't spend time on outside, I would never known this caterpillar existed. And he said how that feeds about three or different bird types in the, in the area. And, and because this caterpillar lives here, these birds didn't stay in this area. And he was giving me this whole synopsis, experiencing wildlife, and you know, uh, enjoying uh, watching them in their natural habitat, not in the zoos, in the natural habitat, would be the best. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, I would look at uh, conserving water and energy. I mean, at this time, we're having like five, six showers a day because we're going to the pool up and down. I mean, and we can you know, reuse the towels that we're using instead of sending it back for washing, you know, keep them back in, make them dry outside, and then instead of washing them again, if we can, uh, when when we're in, we, are we le we're leaving the homes or leaving the hotel rooms, and these are just few ways that we can actually be much more conscious in our days. Inshallah, inshallah, wonderful tips and very practical. Shukran for that. Um, and building on that, brother Nazir, if we talk about sustainable travel. Um, what's your take on that? Are there any uh, ideas around this? And uh, you know, why sustainable travel such a buzzword recently? Uh, uh, give us a practical example of what sustainable travel would be like, please. Yeah, so I mean, sustainable travel, yeah, it's a buzzword people are using now. As I said, it's, it's responsible travel, eco, uh, conscious traveling. Uh, and it's about making those conscious choices about who you're supporting, where you're supporting, uh, like we're doing now with the boycott, saying, you know, who are we supporting, what's the impact, just like that. Similarly, we need to look at what products we're, we're, we are uh, purchasing, what services, what is the impact of that. And, and I want to give you some statistics that I found, and it was quite interesting. For example, if you look at 
um, in terms of it contributes to about three to five percent of the total carbon dioxide emissions uh, globally every year. And so this is, um, it might, might extend, but I mean, if you look at what other impacts there are uh, globally and with all the additional accumulated impacts, this is a great contribution to um, emissions uh, and special emissions. The other we look at from just all traveling in, uh, in, inclusively, it's about eight to 10% mm. greenhouse gas emissions around the world. In addition, cruise ships themselves may seem like a best option, but then the global cruise fleet emits about 20 million CO2 um, uh, globally in a year. And then we look at generally in, in tourism itself, over 1.5 billion people travel. Mm. You're looking at that impact uh, being significantly high because of it. So we have to look at you know, creating awareness and looking at you know, changes that we do. And there's been a change. As, um, the last I saw, um, there was a study done by um, uh, Booking.com, which found percent of the global travelers are, more, are looking at sustainable choices now in their travel which that shows that there's, there's definitely some sort of changing that you know, we have to now consider alternatives. Uh, us traveling to various lands, uh, new places, and uh, you know, normally we want the flashy holidays and the ones that are you know, in the famous coffee shops and whatever else. That's, that's fair, but I would say that use the opportunity to engage with locals and learn about the local customs and the ways um, of different people and the trials and tribulations that they have gone through in their communities um, and how they've also benefited. So learning and respecting local customs would be part of sustainable travel um, in, in, in working with. And then hopefully in that time, you could do some community initiatives. You know, it could be a beach cleanup. It could be helping assist in feeding some people uh, wherever you are. So engaging in a local community project, volunteer yourself, your time, that'd be a great opportunity to change the way that you would normally do your holidays. Mm. Okay, that sound, that makes a lot of sense because we hear that term so often and many of us prior to this didn't know what sustainable travel actually actually meant. Um, you know, many people will say, well, look, I'm not going outside and just being a little bug. Um, so, yeah, you know, what is really my my duty? Uh, what right or haq does the environment have over me? And, and to that, what would you say, someone in this field for many years, what right, what haq does the environment have over the believer? So, you know, alhamdulillah, for the last about four years now, I've been doing a great number, a great deal of research on this, uh, on the matter of Islam and environment, as well as other religions and the environment, but I focused a lot on the Islamic perspective. And it has come to, to my realization, and, and, and many of the scholars have, have said the same, that Islam and the environment are, are deeply connected on a spiritual level, on a physical level. Um, it truly is who we are. Allah, Allah has, speaks about this many times in the Quran. He speaks about it. The Prophet tells us in hadith, uh, uh, in, in many a hadith about this. And, and, and the most important one that we always speak about is Allah says in the Quran in, in Surah 6 verse 165, where he, he mentions that uh, as Muslims, as, as, as mu'mins, as believers, uh, Allah has made us as khalifas, right? He made us as vice-children, as, as successors or stewards or protectors upon the earth. And he's raised us, some in uh, uh, above you and others in degrees, and then may test you through what he's given you. And this is exactly what, what we speak about when we look at the tafsir, and it talks about us being placed on the earth as protectors of the environment. And so, you know, every day I get up and I'm, I'm looking at my reports right now in front of me, and I see the work that I do is constantly upholding this Quranic verse where 
I am I'm truly trying to be that Khalifa, that successor, that protector of the environment. And Allah says, through this environment, He's going to test us. He's going to give us some earthquakes that come and the heavy winds and the rains that come. Uh, some that are beneficial, some are, some are damaging. Allah shows us through this. And so, at the same time, the Prophet ﷺ speaks about uh, the environment and He says, the world is sweet and green and it's beautiful. And verily, Allah is going to install, uh, install you as a vice-chairman in it to order to see how you act. Right? And, and the one more part of the Qur'an, which, which we spoke about earlier, which matches the exact same wordings or similar wordings, where Allah says in the Qur'an, eat and drink from the provisions of Allah and do not commit abuse on the earth spreading corruption. Now the Muqasseen and the, and the, uh, the, um, the Tafsir explain this in many ways, and one of the ways they explain this is to be the one that's causing pollution, the one that has an impact that a footprint, as I spoke about earlier, is negative. And this is why we have to live our lives conscious about our consumption, about our corruption that we may be spreading on the earth, even if it be that we're walking on the earth that is causing damage on somebody else's property or causing damage on a dune that we may be driving our cars on. Uh, or, for example, we may be uh, you know, driving on the beach and not realizing that could be the breeding ground for turtles. Um, mm. And so this is, could be the, the responsibility that we have to ensure that what we're doing, we're not overfishing, for example, in our oceans. We're not throwing our litter and it's ending up in, the, in a river system and causing pollution. So just like that, mm. the, the hadith highlights uh, this, this as being a rewardable uh, and virtuous act when a person or a Muslim plants a tree and he sows that seed and a bird or a person or an animal eats from it, Allah, the Prophet ﷺ has said this is regarded as sadaqah, as a charitable gift. So we always consider ways of giving and improving the ways that we give uh, with sincerity by planting a tree. And this is a challenge I give to all the Radio Islam listeners. Inshallah, this, this holiday, go uh, contact me if you want. I can, I can show you where you can go and plant a tree somewhere. And inshallah, that tree for the next year will provide some sort of benefit to other creatures. Inshallah, I mean, that's amazing. Um, Brother Nazir, we move from um, travel to another topic, and that is fashion. So when it comes to the fashion industry, uh, the impact of the fashion industry on the environment, we're hearing more about uh, vegan or plant-based bags and shoes. Um, what's your take on that? And how do we personally go out to make better choices when it comes to purchasing clothing? Uh, many of us may be uh, purchasing sports and school uniforms. Uh, some of us may have received bonus packages and it's a time of the year where we may shop ahead for the year to come. Um, yeah, and when it comes to our clothing, how do we make sure that it's friendly to the environment, that it's safe to the environment? I mean, it's a very good uh, point that you bring up. Um, you know, I always say, buy less, choose well. <laughs> right? so, so we don't need to be that extravagant, so buy less and choose well, choosing that fabrics that are beneficial for us. You know, even these synthetic fabrics uh, affect our hormonal levels. Uh, when, we, when we're wearing, uh, you know, non-natural uh, non products, uh, they can have an impact on our health as well. But you speak about mm. the environment, your question was more about um, fashion. Well, mm -hmm. when you look at fashion, there's about, about I would say about five uh, things that we need to consider, okay? So um, the first one would be, what is uh, the 
the resources that are being used. Now, a lot of water, I, I can't remember the statistics, I think it's about a, if I'm, you can correct me on this, 50 to 60 liters of water per gene, one gene to make one gene, we use, you know, gene oh. pans. It, uh, yeah. That amount of water is used just to create that one. So the amount of land that's taken mm-hmm. away, the amount of water that's used, the energy that's being uh, you know produced to make that one product could actually cause so much of harm. And so we've got to understand what is how much is being used and you know where the resources coming from. Some of them uh, are coming from you know uh, areas that don't have much water, but the facilities mm-hmm. and the companies are saying, look, we taking we need to to get more genes and more clothes out. So we are depleting the resources of one community. And at the same time, we're benefiting from our profit. So this is what we're going to consider, this kind of sustainable uh, uh, resource use. Second, uh, we look at is pollution. A lot of textiles, uh, I was involved in a case uh, in Pine Town here in South Africa, in Durban. Uh, there was a case of a textile company that had uh, uh, caused a pollution incident. For three weeks, there was textile dye running through the river. They call it the Rainbow River because of that. Mm-hmm. It was flowing purple one day, blue the next day, green. They had a di- mal- malfunction in their system and the amount of fish that was killed, every morning I would go to back to the, on, to work and come in the morning and you'll find fish dying in this river. So the amount of pollution that we can be caused by either them dis- discharging illegally uh, the, the waste that's coming from this product and these harmful chemicals into our rivers and our oceans. Um, the other is waste generation. We look at you know waste coming from these kind of practices. Uh, it's a huge amount that goes to landfills. Uh, but you know again, I got some solutions we can talk about a little later on. We look at carbon footprint. Now, when people purchase from oh, I don't want to mention the company names, but when you purchase mm-hmm. from companies outside of South Africa, and they have to mm-hmm. travel through ships and through planes to get here, you may think it's cheap money-wise, but it's not cheap environment-wise. The impact mm-hmm. is significant because the amount of fuel and fossil fuels burned and you know resources used to get that one little t-shirt you're buying or whatever to get it all the way across the earth because you're saying I'm saving you know maybe uh, 30 bucks you're not mm. in the long run truly you're not because the in the natural environment is being constantly abused because of this factor it's you know what we call fast fashion you you see it yeah. on the catwalks of Milan and tomorrow mm. you want to be wearing it right so this is definitely the impact. And the last one I mentioned on this is about social impact, right? The impact it has on exploitation of workers, the human rights violations that happen because they want to cut costs. We're seeing this now in areas of Congo. Uh, we're seeing it uh, in many parts of the world where because we want, this is more on, on you know the technology that we want, human rights violations occur in places um, like China and many other countries and this is the reality. Just for us to get that clothing, we have to uh, abuse people's rights and, you know, the whole issue of chop shops and child labor. Mm-hmm. So these are kind of the five important aspects to consider. And, and just to give you some ideas before we end off uh, on how we can consider changing this, you, know, you, you have to start supporting ethical brands. You know, really research the brands that you're purchasing, see what impact they're having in communities and on the environment. As I said, buy less, choose well. Uh, so if you don't need to get the extra clothing, don't buy it. Uh, Allah will give you in many other ways, you know. Um, secondhand shopping is a big thing now globally. I was now in London recently and I saw thrift stores opening up everywhere. Uh, so mm-hmm. if we tell the first world, 
uh, here in our developing world, we should be the main ones uh, trying to resell some of our clothing. And if you can't purchase that, uh, you can wash it a couple of times. It should be fine. Um, so thrift stores mm. is, a, is a really a great opportunity. Uh, and then, you know, what we call upcycle. Uh, so you can take something that you would probably not use um, and instead of discarding it, then you can repair it, recycle it, make it something a little fancy. I know we used to do this. I used to take my old jeans and make it into a wallet um, when I was yeah. a kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's a great way of something like that. And then hopefully if you have extra clothing, donate it, inshallah, to a local charity. Fantastic ideas. And yeah, it's quite, it's quite, um, um, it's quite encouraging when even here in Malaysia, where we've had, uh, you know, um, there's, there's such an abundance of clothing and so many sales going on all the time. But thrift shopping has become something uh, much more common in the last two, three years. And it's something that's really taken by storm by the youth who are really into that and being more conscious in a way, uh, you know, of the of the environment. Uh, so that's something that's so encouraging because they're aware of the impact of what they're shopping and they've their buying power has on the environment. Um, and, and I find that to be very encouraging. My own, uh, you know, 21-year-old son who's, who's not bought anything, you know, these branded, anything new from, uh, as you mentioned, the, the catwalks, anything like that. And as in, for the last three, four years, it's only been shopping. Uh, and that's just an example of the youth now moving in that direction, which we know is especially in this part of the world it's so easy to get caught up in in shopping and buying and that whole culture of branded names so let's let, let's uh, let's hope that more muslims and more of our listeners uh, you know are involved in this and aware of of their buying power and the responsibility the amana with it uh, Brother Nazir, before Absolutely. we leave you, I want to just touch on, if we can, uh, the topic of Gaza, the topic of Palestine. And we see the footage that comes out. We see, uh, we read a lot about also the animals and the shelters that have been affected, the cats, the dogs that have been impacted by what's happening. And so the war or the, the genocide itself affects human beings, of course, but it also affects the animals, the agriculture practices everything that's happening uh is being impacted there um yeah could you just highlight that because we don't hear much about that how the the environment has been attacked and it's being impacted yeah. uh, whether it's the olive trees the cats the dogs can you take us through a bit more on that briefly please yeah so, so last week i launched a small research project uh, called environmental destruction from the israeli from Gaza the project i'll try and share that with you as well mm. so this was a, a few slideshow that i made um, talking about the exact same issues. Uh, as environmentalists, um, we have to also be considering the, the latest bombings and the, the, the uh, protecting of the well-being of the people, plants, and animals in the, in, the, in the region. And so the first thing we see was the destruction of critical infrastructure. So a lot of the sewage plants, the people plants, I think we're over 70 industrial facilities were destroyed. The, poor, uh, the pumping stations, um, I think four out of the five wastewater treatment plants have all stopped operating. So this has caused a huge uh, accumulation of, uh, of sewage and solid waste in the streets, and that's already become a great health hazard. Apart from the bombing, apart from the starvation, we also think people having uh, uh, this, this health issue. And obviously the hospitals themselves are bombed and some of them don't have facilities, so we're going to potentially see some great impacts on health uh, and diseases that may come. Also, water is a scarcity there at the moment. Um, some of the, the wells that were uh, uh, there, the boreholes themselves now are, are putting out brackish water. So the water is not really good, so you're going to have waterborne diseases 
when people are trying to access this kind of water. I think 97% of Gaza is uh, water was right now unfit for clean consumption. Um, we spoke about the marine life. Uh, the last time I, I was saying um, that the issue of, of marine pollution and so just like this, because the sewer systems are overfilled uh, and they overflowing, they're now entering into the Mediterranean Sea and that's causing uh, great impact on the marine life. Um, air pollution from bombs, from buildings that are burning, um, you know, this again is causing a public health. We're seeing this mist layer over Gaza City because of this. Uh, with uh, waste management, again, as I said, there's no no trucks taking the waste away to the landfill site. So you see pictures, waste is lying everywhere because there's no place to throw it. And then we're seeing an impact on biodiversity. Uh, not only our pets and animals that we're seeing uh, are, are killed and losing limbs and, you know, themselves. But at the same time, mm-hmm. we're seeing the local flora and fauna, uh, the natural habitats uh, are being disrupted, the ecosystem itself. Uh, and this could cause, you know, long-term damage to the city. So, I mean, all of this, uh, this, this ethnic cleansing, this massacre, is something that does not only have this short-term impact over this last 35 or so days, it's going to last for a very long time, the impact. And this is because we as Muslims, you know, are, 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 are to blame as well. You know, we haven't done enough, and we should be doing much more uh, by standing up, by speaking out, and by obviously listening to our consistency to Allah, changing our lives, inshallah, just like this. Inshallah, I mean, thank you so much for highlighting that to us. But sometimes we forget in the enormity of all of this how the environment is being impacted um, in, in Palestine. Jazakumullah khair. Again, for your time, for sharing with us so passionately, and for really encouraging us and giving us practical solutions on what we can do um, to look after the environment and to be those stewards on the earth. May Allah reward you and may the work you do be an inspiration for many more Muslim youth to join in this line of work that is so much needed today. Uh, Brother Nazirias Jamal of Hoiza Environmental Consulting. It's khweza.net. Jazakumullah khair for joining us today. We look forward to connecting with you next year again. More about the environment and continue um, learning from you about what we can do and empowering ourselves through this knowledge. Jazakumullah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa we were speaking today to Naziria's Jamal, registered environmental assessment practitioner, the chairman of Kelly Appeal and director of Quesa Environmental. Quesa Environmental's website is khweza.net if you'd like to find out more. Play back on this interview, listen to it again with your family and look at the practical tips that you can all take and we can all take to make a difference, inshallah. We'll speak to you next week at the same time with another topic as we continue learning how we can refresh our faith through taking care for the world around us. Until then, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.